Welcome everyone to another episode of the Good Milf Podcast. Good Milf Podcast with your host Krista. It's fucking wild. Hi everyone. Everyone's favorite guest is here today. It's me, Shane. <laughs> Shaney is here. And today we have a lot to talk about. We do. We do. But first off, how are your plants? They're your- thriving. The bird of paradise is pushing out a new leaf and it's starting to unravel. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, the birds of paradise plant? Mm-hmm. I had one of those in Hawaii. You had so many plants that were thriving in Hawaii. <laughs> That's because I wasn't I wasn't the one taking care of them. I can't take care of shit. So I'm s I do not have a green thumb and I can't keep anything alive, well plant wise anyway. Right. I mean, being in Hawaii probably helped a little bit too. Yeah. I mean my daughter's alive, so I can keep that her alive. Now she's thriving. And she's thriving. <laughs> she is super thriving. Anyways, yeah. So how how do you want to segue into toxic family members? <laughs> Are we just gonna jump right into I it? I guess. Yeah. I mean. I mean, well, we're both Asian American. Our parents are Filipino, so a lot of our, for those out there that are listening, our what the fuck? Our parents are Fili- Our moms are Filipino, right. and our dads are white. So, and they were in the Navy. Our dads were in the Navy, Correct. not our moms. No. We we what if our moms were in the Navy? <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine Asian upbringing plus military upbringing? Like, from one person? Oh, fucking A. (laughs) But I think the main, like, one of the things I've noticed, it's not really, it's more like relatives. Well, I mean, I I would label my mom as a tiger mom. Yeah, I can see that. Because she was really, really hard on me to make sure I did well in school, like... A B was an F, like an Asian F. Right. Like, I had to have good grades. Like she, she, And I wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. Me neither. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one time I was like, we were living in Washington, and I brought home a report card, and there was a D on it, and my mom straight up asked me, are you stupid? And I was like, I looked at her, and I just ran in my room, and my dad's like, don't call him stupid. I don't know what happened in elementary school. I was busy doing other things. Yeah, I remember one time I was in second grade, maybe first grade. I don't remember what grade, maybe third. I don't know. But I was in elementary school. And you know how, like, they, they don't really get a grade, like a letter grade. Right. But, oh, it was like that like, satisfactory kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, well, the teacher would put happy faces if you did well mm. on something. But my happy face didn't have a circle around it. It was just the eyes and the smile. And my mom flipped shit that the happy face wasn't. A full happy face? A full happy face. It was a partial happy face. Dang. Good thing we have emojis now. (laughs) I know, (laughs) right? So, but like, so my mom's main thing was education. I don't, well, let's go, let's bring it back. Okay, so tiger, tiger mom, tiger parenting is um, essentially a strict parenting that focuses on the importance of education. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not only education, but like excellence in education so like a is like the bare minimum for my, that was my mom like right. a was bare minimum um anything below an a and you're i was i would have been fucking homeless right or grounded forever or grounded no forever phone. yeah exactly but i was reading um online when i was researching tiger parenting and um according to psychology today 
the common after effects of tiger parenting are anxiety and depression. I've been on both medications for both things, yeah. So (laughs) depression from the discouragement of not having achieved nothing in the past and then the anxiety surrounding the shame of that. Um, the shame of the discouragement, which can actually sabotage your own achievements. Right. Like, it was like a whole thing in this article. And I also wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. Right. So but I had to have secret boyfriends. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, the thing about shame, I feel like that's a key, a key thing with Asian families. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like the like maybe is that the Catholic upbringing aspect. I was of gonna it? say that yeah, like something maybe has something to do right. with like Catholicism and like pretty painting a picture of like a perfect family right type thing. Because my mom also never wanted me to get to t- tattoos. Mm-hmm. And like when I got my belly button pierced, I got it on my 16th birthday, and I had my dad take me. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, but my dad told me, he's like, never tell your mom. Because <laughs> she knows she would flip shit. <laughs> yeah, my mom would flip shit. I did that with, like, getting my tongue pierced. Oh, my God, your tongue was pierced? Yeah. I always wanted my tongue pierced, but I wouldn't be able to hide that from my mom. I hid it for a while. Um, I walked from the base to Edo's, mm-hmm. the tattoo shop where everybody was getting their piercings. Yeah. And I hid it for, like, a year and a half until, like, the night we moved out of Japan and was coming back stateside. And I was laughing, and we were at um, my mom's friend's house that was on the base. And I was laughing, and she goes, the auntie was like, ew, Shane, what's that in your mouth? Oh, my and, like, God, the I, auntie stay calling oh, you shit. out. I, like, turned, like, white. I, I did not know what to say. I thought my mom was going to go and reach in my mouth and, like, rip my tongue out. Yeah, I could totally see that <laughs> fucking happening. I got a tattoo at Edo's, too. <laughs> Good I old I, Edo's. Yeah, I've got, I got two tattoos at Edo's. That's my one thing. If I ever go back to Japan and he's still doing tattoos, I want one. He was there uh, right before I came here. I think that was, what, 2000? When I came here the first time, mm-hmm. like 2010, he was like, so like 2009, 2008. He was, they were still there. Wow. Yeah. Because I feel like he was like in his 40s back when I yeah. did it. And I was like 1999. Yeah. Um, but they live forever in Japan. Yeah, I know. It's all that green tea. I'm actually going to talk about that later. Um, <laughs> a part of my beach bod summer ready ideas anyway. But I do think even my mom was so focused on school and education for me that I think that actually did end up working for me in the end. Right. Because like my mom's biggest thing was, um, she, you know, she's like, go to school, get a good job, make your own money. So you never have to rely on a man. Mm hmm. Which you don't have to. Um, and I, yeah, I did it. And I did, I went and did all that. And then, um, fuck, I was able to divorce my husband with no worries because. Of your financial situation. Exactly. Because right. I, I made my own money and I did everything else. So, I mean, even though it was not hard growing up because school actually came really easy for me. Right. I mean, I remember the beginning stages of your ex-husband when you guys were like moving in together and. Walking in, you were studying, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I just took a couple classes because I was bored. And I'm like, what? I didn't understand that because I was not mm-hmm. the academic star that you were in high school <laughs> by any means. <laughs> yeah, no. So I get, well, I didn't get the singing gene, so but I did get the Asian intellectual gene. Right. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of wish I got the singing gene, though, so I could, like, kill it at karaoke. Right. Be like uh, the smartest pop star ever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wish. 
I think my biggest thing, because remember when we went to Enti's house and I, we, I hadn't seen them in a long time and she was like, oh, Krista, you got fat. And I was like, ew, excuse me? Oh, my God. And I was like, thanks, auntie. Now I'm not going to fucking eat anything. Right. As she's, like, giving you, like, three plates at once. Yeah. Like, did you try this yet? And then, this. And then I told her, I was like, no, I'm, like, going to starve myself right. now and fucking have fucking eating disorder. Right. And she's I'll like, no, it. like, you got fat, but it's good because she was too skinny. And I'm like, no, that's not how you <laughs> phrase that, lady. Now that I'm too skinny? Yeah. And I'm like, well, which one is it? And then, yeah, but no, that's like a... That was really... No, but that's, like, a whole thing about the, the Asian upbringing. I feel like you adopt this thing that anything you do is never good enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can be doing... Like, I'm like you can be doing everything. And then when you tell your Asian parent, like, oh, this is what's happening. Or, like, I told my mom, like, oh, I'm getting... Um, you, did you ever have like um, have to clean something like clean the house before your mom got home from work? Oh, um, yeah, duh. And then you would go and be like, I clean this, this, and this, and then I clean this. You didn't ask me to, and then she'll go like, But did you clean this? Yeah, exactly. Like nothing like, was ever good me? enough. Like you, like you could do everything, but then your Asian parent, my mom, she would be like, Oh, well, you didn't do this, and I'm like, Okay, cool. Fuck yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> you know. So I mean, it's. Just, like, one of those fucking things. I mean, I don't know. I try to not distance myself, but the last time my mom... I faced... I remember specifically, I faced... I actually talked about this on a previous episode. I FaceTimed my mom, and I, you know, I had just been, like... I had Lucy's here. You know, I'm, like, studying. I'm, like, staying up late. I have work. And um, she was like, oh, why do you have bags under your eyes? You look so tired. And I'm like, well, no fucking duh. I'm a working full-time single mom. Yeah, like, what the fuck am I supposed to look like? I'm sorry I have bags under my eyes. <laughs> At least Jesus. they're designer, fucker. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and then I was telling my mom I got Botox, and she was like, oh, check me, do I need to have Botox? I'm like, no, mom, you don't need to have Botox. And she was like, oh, that means I still look better than you. And I was like, bitch, like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God, remember that one time we went to D.C. with your mom and... um. Jen. Oh, yeah. And Sheila and everyone. Yeah. I remember we like went off to a gas station because someone had to pee and she went in there and got like snacks and she comes out and she's like, oh, the register guy thought I was teenager. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yes, auntie, you're so cute. Well, she's also like 4'11". So I think right. that helps like when, when you're, when people. And the skin that's never aging. Yeah. Why? My mom drinks a lot of green tea. And she does like she moisturizes. Moisturizing the and big sunblock. Thing. I just got sunblock. I know. I don't. We were. I know. We were just talking about. So Shane got sunblock, but his skin is very. It looks like whitewashed. Okay, so on Almost. the package, it's pretty much all of the ingredients is pretty much zinc. Um, you know, for your face, and zinc is usually white. And on the package, it says sheer, and it said liberal amount. I put a liberal amount. And rubbed and rubbed and rubbed and rubbed. And now I look like a damn ghost. Well, yeah. Well, I told Shane... Okay, so also, Filipino culture, they they have these whitening soaps. And Shane looks like he's been using the whitening soap. Like, because it makes your skin... I feel like it doesn't really... Yeah, it makes it like milky, almost like an ashy milk if yeah. you use those whitening soap. That is, I think it's like papaya or some oh, shit. Oh, yeah, the papaya soaps. And the... Um, the face rub, what was that? Escanol. Escanol, yeah, like it whitens, but it doesn't, 
or lightens or bleaches. It's, I wonder if I it think, would work on your butthole. Mm, let me go to my mom's house because I'm pretty sure she still has. A I want to try it. I've heard about bleaching your butthole, and I want to try it. That's because you lived in California and they do weird shit like that. <laughs> well, I was listening to another podcast and this girl was talking about bleaching her butthole and I was like, oh, I have always wanted to try that. Me too, if I would, like, would ever be. I mean, my butthole's not dirty. Right. It's just like, you know. Because I use papaya soap. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, white, and creamy looking. Oh my God, that's so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's so disgusting. It's sexy. <laughs> oh, that's hot. It is officially summer, isn't it? When is, um, isn't June 22nd? June 21st, flip-flop day at, um, what's that place? Tropical Smoothie. What you does that a, mean? If you go in that day with your flip-flops on, you get a free Jetty Punch. Oh, I don't what? know if they're still doing that, you know, the pandemic really fucked everybody up. Okay, I meant summer solstice. Oh. Is, uh, June 20th, so that means, that's like the longest day of the year. So I've been in the gym and I've been eating cleaner. Um, okay, whatever, bitch. <laughs> I've gone to a more Mediterranean diet. Tasty. With a cheat meat, cheat meat, a cheat meal sprinkled in, which is usually just alcohol. Which my meal is alcohol. Yeah, that's the cheat meal. Um, but I also Googled weird ways to lose weight that's not really exercise or like things that help boost your metabolism. And these are the favorites that I found. Sleep, sauna, eating spicy foods, drinking green tea, and masturbation. So those are the top five. Then I should that at least be my- 20 pounds lighter <laughs> with some of those things. <laughs> but no, but the drinking green tea goes back to like Asian Americans too and why they always look so refreshed, I feel. Right. And doesn't it help like on a cellular level, like produce healthier cells? I think so. I think it's like antioxidants and shit. Let's Google. I know it's great for hydration. Yeah, well, yeah. It's and um, green the tea. caffeine level. Why is it good for you? Okay, so green tea is rich in polyphenols. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Which are natural compounds that have health benefits such as reducing inflammation and help fighting cancer. Ooh, I don't know about that. Um, green tea contains a catechin called EGCG which is a natural antioxidant that help prevent cell damage and provide other benefits. Mm, I know things sometimes. You were right on it. But yeah, so those are my those are my top 5 metabolism boosters that aren't really exercise. Mm-hmm. Sleep is really a big thing. Yeah, I don't get any of it. God, well, you have like a few weeks to get up some. I know. Or try to. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lucy doesn't... I'm not going to get her till school starts back up in September. Mm, you're just trying to do the hot girl summer. Yes. Hot girl summer all the way fucking You can work through. on the sleep during the winter. I'll sleep when I die. <laughs> right. But yeah. What other... I'm trying to think what were any other toxic Asian American things that we've gone through. The fat shaming was a big one. Yeah, I still fat get shaming. It. I still get it. Toxic Asian parenting mm. i know your mom didn't do spanking but my mom and dad no my mom did. used to beat the shit out of me oh my god right i feel like that's a very like almost taboo thing to talk about is talking about like it was abusive like it, yeah, was, it, it was no like, it was i bore like if that shit happened now like she'd probably be in jail right my my mom would definitely lose me to the system <laughs> we'd be orphans <laughs> i remember one time she was spanking me for like an hour straight and my dad was overseas and she was expecting a phone call and 
picks up the phone. It was my dad, and they're talking. And she goes, tell daddy why you're crying right now. Like, basically telling him why I'm under punishment. Mm -hmm. And they're talking and talking again, and my mom's yelling at me. She's like, it's not over. We're going to continue this. Not in those words, because my mom's English was very broken back then. (laughs) And you weren't allowed to make fun of it, because the beating would just get worse. (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember when... I don't even remember any of the reasons why she would, like, spank me. But, well, I never really got grounded, though. Which I actually would rather be spanked and then get Mm. it over with and then grounded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because my mom used to let me play outside all the time. I don't don't remember ever being grounded. Um, Well, I do know if I had too much fun one day. You couldn't have fun the next day. I couldn't have fun the fucking next day, which was a bitch. It was usually on a Sunday, right? Right. We had to go to school. So you would just be sitting at home doing leftover homework or something. I don't fucking know. But you weren't, like, allowed to leave the house. Because you had fun the day before. Yeah, you had way too much fun. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing. Um, Let's. But to, like, touch on the abuse thing, I think that is, like, a generational trauma thing that they're dealing with. They just didn't have the tools to, like, work out their emotions. Because, like, my mom had me when she was, like, 25. And, like... By, like, some research, 25 is when the frontal lobe is starting to actually be done developing. Yeah, exactly. Which is how you interpret emotions and stuff, I, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And my mom is one out of nine siblings, and they lost their both their parents at a very young age. Oh, I did not know and this. And so I think that had something to do with the anxiety she dealt with and how she, like... Um, how to release it? Well, I, I was, I was going to say, too, like, going back to Catholicism, it's fucking religion. That's what it is. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, cor- what ha- it's colonizing. Corporal, what is it? The corporal punishment? Is that what that is? When you beat that people? That medieval shit? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm trying. I've had, like, a um, telephone for a wire smacked on my leg before. Like a whip. Oh, yeah. My mom was a, and a, vacuum cord was a wooden spoon. And a slipper that... The slipper? No matter where she was. She would throw that shit and it would make connection with your head. You could be around the corner or some shit. But mom and aunties have like this hidden Asian mom talent that you can't dodge a flying slipper. It was like impossible. And if you did dodge it, then you'd get beat even worse. Yeah, with like a fucking hanger or something. The wire hangers were the worst. (laughs) I don't think my mom ever spanked me with a wire hanger, but definitely a plastic one. Mm. Until it broke. Yeah, until it broke. <laughs> it's a author- authoritarian parenting. Low support, high control. I will definitely say that was definitely my mom. Because she couldn't really help me with my homework, but I mm-hmm. had to do it. Right. That, that's another thing that's kind of toxic, is expecting way more than you expect from yourself and your children. Yeah. Um, another thing, I see what's common with... I don't know if they're first-generation Filipinos, but I've been listening to, like, other podcasts. Like, they feel like they're their parents' retirement funds. Yes. Like, yes. Which is goes back to the Philippines and how we used to live in, like, multi-generational homes. But mm-hmm. I think the difficulty for us, in, like, for us as, like, a family American structure is that we had both sides. We had our American dads, but we were being brought up Filipino by our moms. Yeah. And... That's a whole nother topic of conversation is the identity crisis that you have growing up. Because sometimes I would feel like I wanted to be white really, really bad because that's all I was surrounded by were white people. And then growing up, going back to Japan and having a lot more people who were 
full Filipino, like, mm-hmm. from both mom and dad, and not knowing the language, they would really be like, Are, aren't you, like, ashamed that you're not knowledgeable in our language? Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't. My mom never taught me Tagalog. I don't know why. I think back then in the 80s, it was... They felt that was too much information for a child, but with, you know, time and research and knowledge, yeah. that, that's actually good it's for good. Yeah. the development. Oh my God, this, it's here at this, let me see, I just found this research about cultural differences in parenting practice and what about Asian Americans, and it talks about everything we just talked about. Uh, Filipino American children feel strong obligations to support the family, uh, daily help, maintain the household, take care of siblings, which I had to take mm-hmm. care of my sister. Same. Um, my mom was the primary caretaker. That's in here. Now the women are primary ter- take caretakers. And then it talks about the shame thing here. Families use shame or sense of propriety as a means of creating conformity. So it uh, this occurs when one fails to meet expectations or acts in ways that meet the disapproval from family members or others. Right. And I think the way my mom did it was emotionally manipulating me. Mm-hmm. She still does it to this day. But like, she, give, can you give me an example? Like, okay, so my dad has this, like, um, intestinal tract thing where, like, he can't eat, like, seeds and stuff. Oh. And because it gets stuck in the tracts. Okay. And I guess that's really bad for your guts. I don't know. Don't have it. But, like, when my mom was telling me about it, she was like, Dad is really sick. You you need to do this. You need to do that. And, like, she was in tears. And I'm, like, talking to Dad. And my dad's like, it's not a big deal. It's not going to kill me. And I'm like, what? Mom made it sound like we were about to plan your fucking funeral. <laughs> like, and now I have, like, all these other obligations because you're dying. <laughs> but you are chilling. That is, I don't think I've ever experienced that per se. I'm trying to think, uh, really honestly, mine was just the school shit. And if I wasn't on it, like I'd get beat. Mm. So I was like always on it. School you had to, wise. Because it was like fear driven. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly, it was fear driven. I don't, <laughs> Jesus. Not a respect thing, but okay. And another thing about being in an Asian household. And I feel like we get undermined a lot mm-hmm. growing up because we were babied. I don't know if I was babied. No, I was always really, really independent. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing is... Well, according you, to my mother, anyway. I don't really fucking know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> because of the trauma. I blocked it out. <laughs> I blocked it out. <laughs> I, I compartmentalized it. No, I had something to say about that, but I totally forgot. Oh, fear-driven and respect are not the same thing. But but, um, I feel like with how I was raised, with so many of my aunts and uncles in the picture, Mm -hmm. because we were like, they were within their own family. We were a community of like, this is how they got to America. And they were raising all the cousins together, even though we lived on different coasts. Like when we were living in Washington, Uncle Randy was living with, one of my aunties here and he would fly to Washington for like several months work and help take care of me and my sister Mm -hmm. while he was looking for a job or whatever. It was being beaten outside or being spanked. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Outside of my parental unit became a thing too as my uncles came in and out in my life. Like they were the discipline, they were disciplining me as if they were my parents. Oh. And I think that like made me 
fearful of adults are wanting to have love by people Mm -hmm. in that age group or that generation. And I think that's why I seek love in my romantic life from older gentlemen. Because, like, I don't know what it's like to just be not, like, held accountable for dumb shit and get hit for it. But then then that's my kink. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not. (laughs) So I I was going to say, like, I guess the quintessential term would be, like, daddy issues? Or is is that offensive? Correct me. I think if I were to go into therapy and go into it, it would come from daddy issues also. But not, like, daddy issues per se, but, like, male mentors that were, like, father figures. Right, because my dad was in the Navy. Like, he was not there Exactly, he wasn't there. And then, like, you had all your uncles, which were essentially male mentor father figures helping out. But they were really young, too. They were, like, in their late teens, like, raising me and my sister, Mm -hmm. essentially, you know? Yeah. So they weren't, I feel from looking back at it, weren't, they didn't have the tools to raise other children because they didn't have their parents raising them. And I think that's where the where I have forgiveness in my heart for the way that I was hit as a child, that they didn't have the tools to deal with their traumas. Yeah, I agree. So, like, I don't want to hold them at fault, but the pain is still there kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, So I've never really had to spank. Lucy actually had to spank her only once, but it wasn't really anything. Um, But I did tell my ex-husband that I, because he has a girlfriend, I was like, I do not want her disciplining Lucy via spanking. Right. If it gets like, to that point, yeah. go get her dad. Exactly. So that's, I think, one of our my non-negotiables mm-hmm. with his little boo thing. Right. <laughs> I don't know her, so maybe she's not even like that at all. But, you know, like any woman she's in your Filipino. child's life. Mm. <laughs> and from... Yeah. From Hawaii? Okay. <laughs> the, that, oh, okay, I... Traveling coast to coast and Hawaii, I when I meet Filipinos, I generalize them because I feel like West Coast Filipinos are way different from East Coast Filipinos. Yeah, agree. Like, I agree. There's a little bit more of the culture back home, West Coast. I feel. Yeah. Like it's 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 still deep in their identity, even if they are a few generations apart from being first generation American Filipino Americans. Like I feel like it's almost like going to New York and. They're like generations and generations and generations in, but they still hold that accent. Uh-huh. That's how I feel about West Coast Filipinos. Like, they're still so connected to what I've been calling growing up the motherland. hmm Well, you know what's crazy? I never really... I didn't... I don't know how to phrase this. Um, I didn't... Not being proud. Um, I didn't... Well, because we've always grown up in places where it was extremely diverse. Yeah. Most of the time. I didn't really realize how much my Filipino culture meant to me until I moved to Florida when I lived outside of Gainesville. Oh, when you were in the sticks. Yeah, when I was in the sticks. And I was just like... Rebel flags just waving (laughs) in the air like nothing. Yeah, this did scare me. (laughs) Right. No, that used to scare the shit out of me because I never... The only time I'd seen rebel flags was in history books. Yeah. And when I moved to Virginia and... People, like, my family would be like, say Adapunga, da-da-da-da-da, because they had, like, a history of, like, having, like, KKK members living out there or, like, people not so friendly to, like, people that don't look like them. Uh-huh. And I remember, like, going to Strawberry Festival, like, when I first moved here, how, like, rebel flags were just flying everywhere. Oh, that's kind of creepy. And I felt uncomfortable. I felt almost, like, in danger. Like, 
yeah. could just come about it, it, it anywhere. Yeah, it could. I mean, technically, yeah. And I went recently again, like maybe like two or three years ago, and it was not like there was probably like one questionable flag mm-hmm. that kind of was like white supremacy ish, <laughs> but you know. It wasn't like when you walked in the first time and you're, you just saw like everywhere. It was just like, it didn't mean anything to anybody back yeah. then, I guess. I know. I don't know. It was just so bizarre. Uh, when I recently went back, there weren't as many rebel flags. There was still some, but not mm. as much. But like, to clarify, I went to school in Gainesville. Gainesville is a very liberal town because it's a college town. Mm-hmm. It was literally, it was the outskirts of that area where that were like, uh, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. so but yeah, that's when I realized I was like, Trump oh. is a savior in that part of the country, <laughs> like legitimately. I didn't realize how much I missed Filipino culture until I was out there, and that Jacksonville actually has a, a not a big Asian community, but there's like Filipino stores and whatnot. There's a few from like my class that are in like Orlando, Jacksonville area. Yeah, so there are some, but those are bigger cities, and yeah. they're and they're mili- uh, Well, Jacksonville's a military town, so it's a super diverse right. anyway. So when they retire, they just stay there. Yeah, exactly. And then Orlando is like a tourist town, kind of like Virginia Beach, like so mm-hmm. it's um, it's but you're diverse. Se- their seasons are a lot longer down there. Cause... I know, right? Jesus fuck, God, I can't. I don't want it to get cold ever again. But no, um, that's when I started missing. Um, the Filipino parts of me and I'm just like fuck and then it wasn't until I moved to Hawaii well okay backtrack I went on vacation to Hawaii and I was like oh my god I'm home (laughs) I've never been there when I was when I came right and that's actually a lot of Asian Americans feel that way because I was talking to some other people that have never been to Hawaii and then like they transplanted there and they basically moved there because they felt like they were our culture is everywhere in Hawaii. Exactly. Which I apologize because you know America did that, and we know we it's stolen land. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm there with you, but if I could afford it, I'd be there too. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. If I like, I loved living there, but I definitely when I moved when I went on vacation there, I was like, oh my god, like I feel like I'm home, and mm. I've never lived there before. Right. So I have. I feel like I have like my own connection to why due to like the mm. i felt like it was the, the best part of asia and our american upbringing yes because like there were thai people there there were japanese there was a bunch of filipinos and like you know living mainland you are it, being a minority is kind of like shoved in your face subliminally like everywhere you go mm-hmm. and when you go back to hawaii and you're just like wow like almost everybody looks like me exactly that's how i felt too and um, that's when I knew I was like, yeah, I'm Filipino mm, as fuck. Right. Like, give me some fucking synagogue on a ninety degree day. I will still <laughs> eat that shit. <laughs> I fucking love synagogue. Oh my god. Anyway, your sister told me I make really good synagogue. You probably make it like more sour than my mom's. Well, she said it wasn't better than her mom's because she said she would never admit if it was better than yeah. your mom's. But she said it was better than some of the family members, some of the aunties. And I was like, fuck yeah. I know who she's talking about and I'm just going to keep quiet. <laughs> I don't discriminate. No, we love all the synagogue. But mine's better. Right. And I've also like started adding sriracha to it because it kind of reminds me of like... Dude, hot, they hot have synagogue... Um, spicy packs. Spicy packs. Yeah. I want to try and make it from scratch, the synagogue packet, mm-hmm. like, but you have to find the tamarind, and I don't know where the My fuck to find My mom does that sometimes. She gets it at, like, the, um, on Lynn Haven. I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's some ethnic grocery store. E-Mart? 
Is it? I think so. I think so. it is Emar. I think she gets some frozen in the frozen section. Oh, I'm going to go look because I want to try to make it. Because um, that's where I get my Odin when I get that fucking craving. Ooh. I always make Sinigang for like the guys I like because I know it's like a fucking game changer. Mm-hmm. Because Filipinos have the best soup dishes. I know. But yeah, no, I always, I love that shit. But, um, <laughs> so we forgive the trauma because they're sending on. Thank you, mama. Yeah. I mean, I think too, with my mom, I think even though I honestly, like she was young, she had me when she was young, like 20 something, I think 23 or 24, right. I was going to say anything but under 27, I would consider young having a child. Yeah. And, and then, you know, being uprooted from the Philippines and then coming to America um, not knowing the language. Not knowing the language. Being brought up in, a, like, a Catholic household. Like, they just... And then they don't talk about mental health in the no. Philippines at all. Like, that's not a thing. We don't talk thing. about feelings. Yeah, we don't talk about feelings. That's probably why I'm, like, so cold anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, while it's... I think I don't really think about it that much anymore. I guess more it's, like... You know, because you don't really realize it growing up. But I was thinking about it with Lucy... About how she doesn't realize that I'm, like, learning as I go. Right. And being a mom. Like, to her, I'm mom. Like, right. I'm no, because there's the end-all, be-all. There's a point in your life where you feel like your parents are everything. I yeah. Mean, they pretty much are everything. Yeah, exactly. But then you get to a certain age and you're like, they're human. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, I think now that having a daughter, I'm going to cry. Now having a daughter, I realize everything that my mom had to go through raising me but then like her you know her english wasn't that good you know she's trying to navigate like this military world Mm -hmm. you know and then like being an american being an yeah and then my dad getting deployed so she has to do everything herself Mm -hmm. in like this culture that's like it's like essentially a culture shock yeah it's unknown to her and so like you kind of give grace for that right because that shit's scary like yeah all of a sudden because you have to understand, listeners, that Filipino <laughs> culture, like, our family is, like, our backbone to our identity. It varies, though, once it becomes Americanized because I that's what I'm having to struggle with right now in my life. Trying to put myself first without looking selfish because it's always about family first. Yeah. And, and once you become aware of a, a capitalist system, like, you really have to learn how to put yourself first. Because it's sink or swim in these economic times, really. Yeah, exactly. And your family is not always going to be there to help you, support you financially. Because they're... my I mean, my dad and mom are coming up on retirement really soon. And I was already enough of a burden to them, like in my 20s and how I partied and needed lawyers and stuff. They were there. No, that's true. I mean, your your family will always be there, you know, as long as you have that bond I guess Mm -hmm. or that like connection I don't know I know some people aren't close with their parents right but I think in Asian culture I have a lot of mixed cousins that really um separated themselves from the family like yeah you know Kuya Darren Kuya Dennis like Mm -hmm. they live in different states um even like my cousin that is here you know who he is um he's hardly at like family events he's always like golfing and stuff yeah and then it's just like me and my sister and I come from you know, like, 45 minutes away just to be with my family. Yeah. No, I... that You know, I was thinking about that, too, the other day, because my, like, my mom and dad don't... They live... They live in Arizona, 
And then I, as literally as soon as I turned 18, I moved out. Yeah. And like, it makes me think like, what the fuck? You know, like, was I just trying to run away from that whole environment or did I really want to explore the world? I mean, I really did want to explore the world. I was going to say, you like to know things. So yeah. you went out to go and know more things. Yeah. With me, I felt like, now that we're talking about this, I feel like my family was trying, not that they were holding me back, but they wanted me to succeed, but not succeed so much that I would, in their eyes, leave them behind. Oh, yeah. And I think that's... I think that's a harsh reality for them, for their family back in the Philippines. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, when we have family from the Philippines, or when we make it to the United States, your mom, I know she does, sends a lot of money back to Oh, yeah, mom. my mom still takes care of, like, her family right, back like, there. She, like, sent... Sometimes we're the reason that they go to school. Yeah, like my mom. College. My mom sent all those, all my cousins to school, like Merchant Marine School, the daughters to other schools, and that so that they can take care of their parents, right. so that my mom didn't have to take care of her sisters and brothers. Right. Because they have a big family too. I honestly don't know how many brothers and sisters she has. I think like one, two, three, four, five. Like I think my mom mm-hmm. has like four, three or four sisters, and like two three brothers mm-hmm. so they had so a big she's fa- a big family too yeah so so instead because when my mom came to america she was still sending money back and taking care of them mm-hmm. and then when the kids got old enough to go to school my mom sent them to school so that they could take care of their own people right you know she was creating generational wealth yeah by importing money from the u.s yeah oh my god <laughs> the fbi is gonna fucking hunt us down like animals the now the fbi the irs <laughs> right <laughs> But, um, no, hey. and my mom still sends, like, Balik Bayan boxes. Balik, oh, definitely. Balik Bayan, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that pronoun- Balik Bayan? Balak, ba- fuck. Balik Bayan. Balik, Balik, fuck, man. Balik she, Bayan. Ba- yeah, she sends those boxes back. And that is essentially, a Balik Bayan box is, uh, has just, like, stuff in it. Clothes, it's a big-ass box she shoes, sends. Yeah. Random shit. American snacks. American stuff. And she sends them to the Philippines all the time, so. Heads and shoulders. Yeah. What'd you say? Heads and shoulders. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, the, going back to that, like, with the, all the the tiger mom parenting and everything like that, like, reflecting back, my mom was essentially trying to figure it out the same way I'm trying to figure it out with Lucy, mm-hmm. you know? I try to not... I don't want to say I'm breaking the cycle, because I want to say that, like, my... You're utilizing what you learn with your yeah, upbringing. Yeah, exactly. You, I think you hyper-focus on, like, what... Could have been different, but exactly. could have made you more successful in your eyes. Yes. I mean, you're pretty successful to me. I mean. Oh, thanks, Bill. <laughs> like, I was, like, shit, you're raising a daughter on your own, pretty much, and you got a good job, and you're still, like, going for your PhD. Like, that's success <laughs> in your eyes. Like, that's your success. Yeah. But, yeah, you're doing the shit. Like. So, I think, like, in the same thing, you know, thinking about Lucy, I hope. I don't want to say breaking the cycle because it wasn't really that bad, but... Altering it? Altering it, you know? Like, I'm not going to beat Lucy. Like, if she doesn't get good grades, you know, I'll fucking talk to her, but I'm not going to, like, beat her into getting an A. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe that's not her thing. Maybe her thing is, like, art or whatever. Being an athlete or something. Being an athlete. You know, you never know. Yeah, so I guess you kind of have to learn, I don't know, learn how to forgive yourself and your parent. Right. I mean, up to an extent, you know, like. 
I mean, there really is no manual on how to raise a child. There is no manual until you have enough money and get health insurance to go to therapy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the tools were not always there. Yeah. And without the tools, nothing's going to get fixed. Luckily for our generation, we have the internet in our hands. So information is just a couple swipes away. Yeah. Um, I remember reading the statistic that our generation is the most, and anyone after us is the most informed informed generation because of the internet. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have to, like, back in the day before internet, you had to, like, read a book. Encyclopedia shit. You had to read a book or talk to experts or whatever, Mm -hmm. but now we can just, like, Google shit and figure it out on our own. Right. You know? Yeah. We don't have to hunt for it anymore. We don't even... And then the algorithm gets, gets you. Oh, God. And then the algorithm catches what you're researching online, and then what happens? Then you get triggered because you get on TikTok, and the algorithm haunts you, I guess. And this is how this episode came about, because I, like, out of nowhere, because of TikTok, messaged her, and I was like, we need to talk about Filipino family dynamics and how toxic it could be sometimes. Because the TikTok came up. Because I said it out loud to someone at work. And your phone heard you. And my phone heard me. And also... Do you I, remember when you texted me? Are you talking about... Are you talking about the... Um, oh my god. The can adult, I talk about that? The adult autism? Yeah. Oh, can I talk about that? Is that okay? Or you want to not talk about no, it? No, we can talk about okay. it. Because like maybe it'll, maybe it's a thing. Maybe yeah. I'm not crazy. Maybe I, maybe I am on the spectrum. Yeah. Well, Shane messages me out of the blue in the... Was it at night? I don't even remember. It was like the middle know. of the day. No, I was at work. Shane messages, text messages me out of the blue. And he's like, do you think I'm autistic? I was like, what? And he was like, I don't know. The algorithm on TikTok keeps showing me these adult autism spectrum TikTok videos. And now I'm thinking I'm autistic because the algorithm is showing me all this. And I was like, what the fuck, Shane? And then he would, then you send me like these fucking TikTok videos about being on and uh, figuring out you're autistic as in an your adult. 30s, yeah. Your, yeah, as an adult. Why did you think you were autistic? What were the. I mean, I'm a crybaby. Like, I will cry. Oh, I hate crying. Oh I'm my not God. Cry- like, if I, you cr- I, I don't know how to act when I cry. I mean, when I'm, I think I. Because there, there is some people who teach themselves how to act around people. Like, mm-hmm. they watch and they learn to be around people and how to act like normal people quote unquote and I think growing up closeted I used to watch straight boys and try to act like them so I think there is a correlation between how to learn or how to teach yourself to be normal in a social situation and remember I was talking to you about that woman yes and you know like me you know me personally and I am I could be very um outspoken at times but when i'm around like a big group i if there's no alcohol involved obviously i'm very like shy like i won't speak to a new person in a group mm-hmm. not that i won't i just like to observe and i'm with you though figure too. them out and see how i need to act around them i'm i in, I, I i'm with you though too so i'm an observer if i'm in a new setting i will sit back and observe because i i consider myself pretty outgoing mm-hmm. but if i'm in a brand new setting new people new everything i will sit back and observe the dynamics of that group right before i like jump in with my crazy because mm-hmm. yeah i just i don't know i just feel that's the appropriate thing to do to adapt to the situation right but that could also be brought up from the fact that we're military brats and that we've 
lived everywhere and seen all these different things personalities cultures and then that's how we adapt to the situation Mm -hmm. because that's like one of the number one uh, traits of uh, military brats is their ability to adapt to any situation so i mean you could say it's like that too i mean unless you i mean no it's true i'm not a medical doctor so i can't because i feel like that helps in my career also adapting to every new person that sits in my chair Mm mm-hmm because not all personalities are the same. And yeah, I don't like talking to people. Like when like, someone's doing my hair or my nails and or whatever, right. I don't I don't want to talk. I want to be quiet. You want to relax. You want to be exactly. You want It's self care time. Yeah. But a lot of times, in my case, where I work, how I work, it's kind of like therapy for me and my clients as I'm doing their hair. Uh huh. No, I can see that. And, yeah. You you know like after the hours I work, I get totally drained by having to adapt so many times in a day. Like it gets no, yeah, that's like physically. I, that's I feel ener- physically tired. Yeah, after my hours of Me- work, like mentally exhausted. Yeah, like it is not that I don't want to work. It's just like I can only take so much other people's energies until like I lose who I am, or you know, like I've I run out of gas. Yeah, no, I know exactly. It's because your mind is like firing so much while you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. That that's why you're exhausted. That's why teachers are exhausted. There was this study done, and then. It was the teacher brains, while they're teaching, are firing so much. It fires off more whatever it is. I need to find that article. But anyway, the brain is more active in a teacher than it is a brain surgeon. If that, right. If that makes I sense. Could, I could see that because there's okay. so many steps to teaching the curriculum. Yeah, and, and then, then you got, then you have like thirty kids and that they you need don't to keep all, an eye on, and they all don't learn the same. So you have to break it down different ways. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Like I honestly can see that. And to add a pandemic on that and do it yeah. like from like a distant learning standpoint has to be even crazier to adapt to. Thank goodness that we're kind of seeing hope at the end of this pandemic. Yeah, I'm trying to Google that statistic. So essentially, teachers make 1,500 decisions a day. So they're constantly thinking, trying to plan ahead so that they can make sure, you know, all the kids are fucking learning. So they're constantly thinking. behaving on top of that. Constantly making decisions. The synapses in the brain are firing. And um, the research study says that brain surgeons don't make as many decisions as a teacher. So essentially, teacher brains are just fucking wired differently. It's, what did I say? Like, basically... If you overthink... If if you're an overthinker, you're stressed out and... No, well, that makes perfect sense because I have friends that overthink and they are... Exhausting to be around. Yeah, because you can feel that fucking energy. Yep. Damn. Are we just fucking reflecting on life right. here right now and like solving our own problems? Right. This I don't want to. So if you're stressed out, do not be around me. Go take go, a chill pill. Yeah. Go, oh, not a chill pill. No, <laughs> smoke a weed. Smoke a weed. <laughs> smoke a weed. Oh Jesus! What fuck. are you a boomer? Just kidding. <laughs> What's that thing? Boomer, go home or what is it? What's that saying? Like okay, bo- oh it's okay. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Boomer, go home. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Jesus. Now it's that time to take a break. Here's a little message about our sponsors. <laughs> From our sponsor. Now Whatever. it's time to take a little break. Here's a message. Fuck me. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, one more time. 
Now it's time to take a little break. Here's a message from our sponsors. Well, it's just one. I only have one. <laughs> I'm manifesting. They, oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> and now back to the show. And I want Shaney to tell me about his pride because he wasn't here with me. So Because if I was here, I would die because what happened at the last ride I went with you. But we were in... Well, this, that was your first Pride, right? The one that we went to two years ago, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I went to the scope thing once after work, but it was like 30 minutes and mm -hmm. I just wanted to do something. But we had a whole day of it. Yeah, because you had never actually been to, like, actively participated, right? right? Yeah. yeah, that's because you told me that. And I was like, we're going to make this the best fucking Pride for Shane ever. And I called up the crew and that's what we did. I made sure Shaney had a fucking blast, which he did because he ran away at the end of the night, which he always does when he's having so much fun. And by so much fun, so much alcohol, <laughs> which wasn't fun the next day <laughs> at all. But um, we'll get back. We'll get back to that day <laughs> soon. But um, this year, Mr. Biggs and I went to Raleigh, North Carolina. We were originally going to go to South Carolina, but there was a little mix-up with boarding our dogs, so we had less time. So we came, we went somewhere closer. You and your friend should go. To where? North Raleigh? To Raleigh. It's so, there's like, there's history. There's a bunch of murals everywhere. And oh, during Pride that. Week, it felt very inviting, actually. Um, Mr. Big was always commenting on like how many homosexuals he saw. And I was commenting like, look at how they're just holding hands down the street. You can't do that shit. In Virginia Beach, like you can't, can but not? I mean you can, but it's just not the. It's not the. It's same. not the same energy as it is. I got, I got you. It felt like everywhere you went, you would see some kind of rainbow flag or some sticker that says that they're diverse, that Black Lives Matter. Um, we don't care what bathroom you use, just fucking pee and wash your hands. Yeah, wash your just wash your hands. Honestly, like look what happened last year and a half. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it just felt very inviting and we felt very comfortable walking around as a couple and oh, I, I think that. that's the best part about pride is I didn't have to be at that big parade I I mean I would have had a lot of fun but like this is the way I celebrated pride this year we were just I you know love it. sightseeing and eating out and chilling at the hotel just really taking the weekend to relax and, and enjoy get each out other of, yeah and see other things I love that uh, well, I went to the Pride. Uh, I saw pictures. <laughs> it was um, it was fun, but it, so it was like... So you're allowed to have other gay friends? Is that... <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. No, I'm fucking... <laughs> what did I put? I think, I yeah, I posted a picture of me and my friends at Pride, and Shane literally... Let me fucking see what... Did I say something? You it? did. You hella responded. Hold on. I mean, I knew it was a joke, but it was so fucking funny. Oh my God, let me find it. And I was like, who the fuck are these fairies? You were like, how dare you have other gays in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my Shaney. Oh no, but you God. look like you guys had so much fun. No, it was a lot of fun. It was a family-friendly event. Oh, nice. So it wasn't, like, wild and crazy. Right, because that was, like, another issue, like, back in the day. Like, why do they have to have, like, all their junk hanging out and shit? But... You know, that goes back to, like, Stonewall and us being yeah. arrested just for being gay or touching other men. Well, talk about that, because I actually just learned about... Like, I knew about Stonewall, but I didn't realize that that was, like, the catalyst for Pride. 
Mm. So if you want to talk about how it pride was, it was actually was I believe was rallied by a trans woman of color. I am not a history buff on gay history. I'm sorry. I do show appreciation for the generations before us because I know that gay people's and anything in between's lives is a lot more easier today because of them. And that's another reason why we celebrate pride. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they like it, I think it would happen in New York. Um, it was a club that used to get busted all the time. And if you were there at like a club with only men, the cops would arrest you. And they finally had enough. So when the cops came, they fought back. And that was how Pride was birthed. It, it was. It was in was Greenwich say- Village of Manhattan in New York. And the stone Stonewall was a bar. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a riot that went into history that we call Pride now. So instead of fighting back, we don't have to fight anymore physically with the system. There's still shit that we need to like, you know, address, of course, of equality. But instead of it being violent, we just spend the day having fun, dancing. And I'm glad to hear that it became a family-friendly event at the beach. Like, Yeah. Well, it wasn't really at the beach. It was at the Vibe Park. So it wasn't at the oceanfront. Oh, so it was a few blocks Yeah, away. it was like across the street from Crocs. Oh, the artsy the, area. Yeah, that artsy area. Yeah. yeah. So, But it was really cool. It was fun. Like, everyone was having a good time. Um, they only had three different types of alcoholic drinks. They were being very, very strict on how much alcohol you could have. Oh, yeah. Because um, what happened when I went was kind of... <laughs> We're getting there, guys. Don't worry. The story's good. They marked how... You could only have three alcoholic beverages, and they would mark your wristband, Mm -hmm. how many you had. So, yeah, you could only have three. I mean, it's all... That was all a good thing, because, you know, it it didn't have to be crazy. But I was going to add to that... that was during the... That was in... 1969 was the Stonewall Riots. And essentially, the last years of the 1960s were... Uh, there was a lot of social political movements. The civil rights movement, the counterculture of the 60s, the anti-Vietnam War movement. I'm mm-hmm. reading this, by the way. I did not know these facts. I'm reading this off... Me neither. <laughs> website. I, mean, I, I, I might know a couple because but, I watched... A few documentaries, you know. But that was also part of that whole thing where it was helped influence a progressive type environment to like actually be like, fuck no, we love each other and it's fine. Yeah. And we're we're part of society. Like we're working people. Um, Like I wasn't even allowed to get married until like what, 2016? That, That was not a thing for me. That was not an option for me legally. Yeah. And that's how recent That's fucking wild to me. Like that just like blows my fucking mind i mean i know your stance on marriage but you know oh yeah i don't think anyone should get married (laughs) so that's like a different thing altogether (laughs) but uh it's weird to get the government involved yeah like like what the fuck like maybe if you need health insurance oh yeah or something like that but actually I feel, I honestly, like, we grew up in Japan, there's national healthcare there, and it's fucking working fine. Right. You know? But so, we can't do it because of that. Yeah, so that's why, there's make, a whole different... That's a whole of, nother yeah, episode. there's a whole bunch of different shit going on. But I remember, I had an uncle that, Tito Sai Sai. He was bakla. He was bakla. Bakla means gay. And he, I don't want to say he was a drag queen, but he would wear makeup. And he had long hair. Mm-hmm. He didn't... I don't remember him wearing dresses or he didn't wear dresses around me. 
but he used to, he was come be- off very feminine. He, yeah, feminine and energy. he was like almost like anytime we'd go to the Philippines, he was like basically like my nanny. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, like in Native American culture, that is called the two spirit person. Yeah, that's the same thing in Hawaiian and culture. And, and a lot were, of indigenous cultures and they are like that. People that way are they. Yeah. They felt that those people had um, more experiences because they had male and female energy. And they were more connected to the um, spiritual realm because Mm -hmm. they could love both. Right. Yeah, in all indigenous cultures, that's a thing. Literally, the only, not only, but in more modern Christian Christianity and stuff like that. It's uncomfortable, but it's true. They, that's when it stopped. Yeah. Western society. Yeah. Poisoned other cultures. But when we, yeah, he would always take care of me when we were, when I would go to the Philippines. And I think that was my first experience with, um, like, a, 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 queer see, a queer person. So it's always been very normal in my life. Mm-hmm. And no one said anything. And no one, no one ever, I yeah. Mean, you probably heard Bakla. I heard Bakla, yeah. But that, I mean, that could go like the same way because how I felt. Growing up with gay people were predators. That's that's what was taught to me. Mm-hmm. So when I was being teased as a kid that's wild. for that acting was never feminine, taught to me. I was always yelled. They would be like, "Oh, you're bakla," and that basically they yeah. were calling me faggot. Like, yeah, that was my experience with that. But now that we're grown and kids are matured, we see that those people are actually in a lot of the family dynamics. In a lot of different families mm-hmm. in the Philippines, there's always that that uncle that's a little, you know, a little extra. <laughs> a little, you know. <laughs> you know, a little extra. But yeah, fine. But so, and some people are not enough. <laughs> so we need some people that are extra. I know. <laughs> so yeah, like so, he would always watch me, and I loved him. And he he's he passed away like several years ago. But, um, yeah, I was going to say my, I was never taught anything negative in that aspect. So I don't know. I guess I've always felt very protective, um, cause I know that thinking is out there, but like in my family unit, that was never like an, an issue. issue. It was just your normal life. Yeah. It was like normal. Like mm-hmm. I thought everyone had a Tito Sai Sai, you know what right. I mean? So, yeah. Tito Sai Sai, I that miss was, you. That was different for me. Because if I would stand with my hand on my hip, it would get smacked because I looked feminine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dumb shit like that. I mean, you know, when you have a boy, you you, you have like hopes and dreams and this image of what they're going to be when they grow up. I became something better, I feel. I do too. I think you're fucking amazing. My mom has a fucking free hairstylist, so. <laughs> she can't complain. Right. No complaints. Also, I want to tell you I love your curls. Oh my god, I love them. They're back. I love it. Like, I'm here for it. The Shane's got the fucking curls. He's got the gold chain. He's got the gold pinky ring. The fucking leather band watch. You know, I wear the pinky ring just because I'm with you. I love when you wear the pinky ring. Uh, he's dressed like he joined a cult. Let me let me fix that. Uh, he's dressed like he's leading a cult. Oh, yeah, I'm a leader. <laughs> <laughs> like, your whole, like your shirt. The shirt is very culty. It's J. Crew from South Africa, where Mr. Big is from. And we're kind of the same size ish sometimes. I mean, my waist is a little bit bigger, but you know, I be eating good. 
So my wardrobe has grown since we've been together. And I utilize it. I love your culty vibe, though. I would totally be in your cult. We'd be so Drink fashionable. Drink please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, so pride. Are you going to tell your story Let's now? Let's do it now. Okay, because go ahead. Because um, I wanted Shane to have the best right. pride ever. Honestly, I felt like she wanted to be at pride more than me. But, <laughs> I love going to pride. But, My first pride was San Francisco. Oh, and I shit. lived in San Francisco, so literally... That was the first time I ever went to Pride was in San Francisco. And it was probably way bigger. It was amazing. It was huge. They literally blocked off the streets in the Castro. And it was a huge block party. Um, The daytime was a little bit more family friendly. Mm -hmm. The parade, not so family friendly. There was like dicks out everywhere. Tits, dicks, everything. We all came into this world naked. Yeah, but we all came into this world naked. Um, But, uh... That was so that literally set the tone for every single pride after that that I've been to. And nothing has ever topped San Francisco Pride. I would not imagine so. Yeah. My sister's first pride was in New York. Ooh, I've never been to New York Pride. I was so jealous. My sister's also a gay <laughs> or a lesbian. Queer? Alphabet community. Oh, she's a queer woman of color. Yeah. Or would you say lesbian woman of she's color? She's a lesbian. Oh, okay. She she's a lesbian. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. But, um, I, just the way it's the way you're saying it. Like it's killing me. But tell us, tell us about. Pride. Yeah, tell everyone about your fucking. Okay. Pride that I took you to. That I. All right. So we had Virginia Beach Oceanfront Pride. It was the first year. It became like a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen something like this happen at the oceanfront. Um, we started at. A place called Harpoon Larry's. Mm-hmm. And they're famous for this drink called a rum runner. And I always get one when I go frequent this establishment. Um, what's special about this rum runner is like a red fruit slushy with rum in it, of course. And in the straw, they pour 151, which is a flammable a, yeah, beverage. It's, it's a very strong rum. I finish it. I know I shouldn't be doing this at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, YOLO. Fuck it. I, I, I was going to do Pride big. Yeah. Well, we had a little crew with us. Mm-hmm. We were good. I finished this shit and the bartender's like, another one. Before I could say anything, Chris is like, yeah, he'll take another one. And I look at her and I'm like, bitch, you know there is 151 in this shit. And she's like, you'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, we're, we're, we're going to be out here all day. You'll be fine. All day. <laughs> Literally all day. Um, one of our friends gets around a shots of Jameson, and then we go across the street to Shucker's and have like another beer and another shot there. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're all feeling the alcohol, and we get on bird scooters, which is, you oh, know. Oh, shit. I forgot we got on the bird scooters. <laughs> we got the bird scooters, which don't do when you're drunk. That yeah. Don't. And well, they don't even have them at the oceanfront anymore. They got rid of the bird scooters. Probably because of people like us. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Touche. I miss those. Those were They're fun. super fun. Those were everywhere in Raleigh. They weren't bird scooters, but they were like the, the same, same concept. Same, yeah. yeah. But um, so I'm already feeling alcohol and I'm like starting to like get anxious about getting to that spot because I know that the doors are open and they're accepting people in the event now. Um, we get on the bird scooters dick around, stop at like another outdoor bar, and there's this kid that I used to work with at Quiznos when I was in college. Like, he's kind of homeless, I guess, or he chooses to live outside, and 
what he does is he dances around and he streams it and gets tips through his cash app and that's how he oh, makes dope. a living. But like we ran into this kid that I haven't seen since he was like a senior in high school and he's like dancing around and I'm drunk and I'm dancing around with his psychedelic music while we're drinking like White Claws and taking another shot. So I'm getting more drunk. And by the time we get to the actual event, I go straight in to the line where you get your drink tickets. I'm very much intoxicated at this point at like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And we've been drinking for like two or three hours straight. We were drinking, we were laughing, then we wanted to dance. So we went to the Neptune statue park. We danced for hours. But before we danced, I was standing in line (laughs) to get my drink tickets. I'm drunk and I just reach into my pockets and give all my cash to this person to give me drink tickets. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have gave you drink they tickets. They should have not. Yeah. They, they were held viable, but I'm alive, as you can see, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we're part of the Matrix. We don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, I get the drink tickets, and I'm standing in line to get drinks, and like the alcohol hits me again, like another wave, like, whoa, you're really fucked up. So by the time I get to the actual counter to get my drinks, I'm like, I only need like this many, and I turn around and give all my tickets to like, whoever the fuck was behind me and that's at the point where our friends were dancing around not too far from mm-hmm. where they were serving the alcohol beverages and i'm dancing and chris is laughing taking pictures taking so many pictures <laughs> i do i have all those pictures and i love them they're my favorite my memory kind of goes in and out at that point i know i work my way up to the end edge of the stage and i'm like dancing i have that video being real drunk and ridiculous but i was having fun i just don't remember having that fun that's where i i guess i disappear from your point of view but i wake up and it's night like there's no more sun and my feet are in are being washed on by the ocean because i fell asleep yeah you i passed out on the beach yeah shane's mo is that he runs away i don't know if anyone's ever seen that meme that Lord of the Rings meme where it's like that guy I've never watched. I'm going on an adventure. Yeah, going on an adventure. Like, I don't know. I got to find that meme. But it's to- definitely Shane running away from us when mm. he's drunk. It's right. like a common thing. But you, I'm glad you had a good time. It was fun. The hangover was hair. Was the mo- I think that hangover almost killed me. But it was fun. I know. We should go to New York Pride. And I've I heard you. Gone. And I heard you fed me oysters at one point too. Y- and you rolled your eyes because you're like, "That's not gonna fucking help this drunk asshole." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. But anyways, <laughs> but we had a blast. Pride was amazing. But we should definitely go to New York Pride one right. time. Right. I mean, I, I think don't, that'd be fun. I think it would be fun. Or even DC. Or oh yeah, fuck DC. Yeah, it's way Atlanta closer. Pride would be fun. Ooh, Atlanta or Orlando. Yeah, and then we could go to Harry Potter World. Miami. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter World. I'm totally down. I love Harry Potter World. I went there two, uh, two, three years ago. I just want butterbeer. Yeah, it's really fucking good. They even have a slushy version. Oh, shit. Yeah, I love Harry Potter World. Like, I never even watched Harry Potter, but the whole little thing is so cute. It was cute. Yeah. It almost made you want to watch it, right? Yeah. I mean, I did end up watching it, so it made more sense. Right. Um, But uh, it's a cool little area of... um, because it's kind of hidden. Uh, Harry Potter world, it's hidden, kind of, in... Disney in, in, the, in No, no, it's at Universal, Universal. Stu- Universal okay. Studios. 
there's like a doorway that looks like it's going to a train station. And it, oh yeah, and, from the first movie where yeah. they go to the school, yeah. Yeah, and that's what it looks like, but it doesn't really look like it's going to be Harry Potter world. Like it's just like an old uh, train like station. a wall. It's yeah. just like a wall with like a doorways to the train station. Mm, it's really, really cool. cool. But so I'm trying to think of like a Harry Potter like saying to close the episode. Do you know any? Harry Potter! I'm Hermione Granger! <laughs> <laughs> Is that cultural appropriation? What? Because you get paid for this, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's cultural appropriation? Like, pretending we're British? Yeah. Wait, we're half white, so we We're might half have... white, and I actually did a DNA test, and, like, You're there's... You're from Wales, right? Yeah, there's British people back, back in my ancestry. I don't know what my dad is. He's white and Native American. Is he? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at his face, his cheekbones are very high. Touche. And he has, like, the um, almond-shaped eyes. He does have almond-shaped But they're eyes. blue, and when he did have hair, it was very blonde and curly. Huh. Fascinating. All right. I'm Hermione Granger. Is that British? Wait. I'm gonna, I need to look up a British or a uh, Harry Potter saying. Harry... I'm Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I mean, fuck. Right, even if his hair's thinning, he's still kind of hot for redhead. No, the other one. Oh, uh, wait. Or Harry. Are you talking about Harry? Is he, is he balding? I don't know. Oh, I we were going to so. talk about I'm... celebrity gossip, but we're already over an hour. Um, Let's see. Let's look up fucking Harry Potter You could quotes. do a chop and edit episode of things that you want to put on. I know, right? Like, if you have no, like, if you have no, like, um any guests for, like, a couple weeks, you're just like, oh, here's a chop and edit. Like, this is fun. <laughs> the blooper, the blooper reel. Blooper reel. Here's a good one to close out. Do not pity the debt. Oh, I gotta have a British accent. Do not pity. Oh, fuck. I don't. I can't do it now. God do your, damn do it. Do your mom's accent. An Asian accent? I can't do it's it. It's not even a Filipino accent. It's a fucking generic ass Asian accent. Do it. It's so funny to me. Anak. <laughs> Shut up. That's all I can do. Anak. No. Over no, there. No. Over there. Oh, they can't see. I'm doing the lips. Open the light. Yeah, my mom, I just actually fucking say that. I'm like, open the light. Or close the light. And then I was like, do you want me to turn on the door? <laughs> turn turn that mom, door on. And my mom slapped the shit out of me. Because <laughs> she didn't I'm appreciate... the shit out of you, She too. didn't appreciate my sarcasm. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't look... I can't think of any fucking Harry Potter quotes, but I did take a Harry Potter test, and I am a Slytherin. Okay. What Harry Potter group are you in? I never took the test because I was never really like into it like that. Oh, I just took the test. Oh this God. was before I watched Harry Potter okay. too. So you're just I wanted to know got it. Yeah. Oh. I wanted to know what I would be in the movie and I, I Was would this be one a of those Facebook test things? Yes. I haven't seen those come up since the pandemic, really. They probably stopped. I know. Now I'm never gonna know which Harry Potter. I'm house sure I'm you in. can Google it. Stay tuned and you will find out. Right. I'll we'll, we'll take the test and I'll post it. I'm like Shane okay. on Instagram. I'll post Shane's. I'll share the results on TikTok. Ooh, yes. Because Holla. that's a thing. See you guys next time. Bye. What are you watching? You've been listening to the Good Milf Podcast. 
Join us every Monday as Krista talks shit and gives free advice based on firsthand experiences and scientific research. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on all platforms. Visit www.thegoodmilf.com for our latest updates and merch.